Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and move forward in our service. Everybody's got some uh, donuts, coffee, use the bathroom, because you are now locked in this room. For the next three hours as I speak to you about something very serious. (laughs) No, so, um, yeah, so for those of you guys who don't know me, if anybody doesn't, hello, I'm Jared. Um, I'm the lead pastor of this church, and um, today we're actually going to start a new message series that's something that I've been pretty excited about for a while, been thinking about for a while. It's called The Secret Life of Pets, and you're like, what the heck did I get into? But um, this is really a series that's all about my dog, Gizmo. And uh, that sounds funny because you're like, I came to church to hear about a man named Jesus. And, um, but more specifically, what I have learned um, about myself as his owner. Um, and so the reason for that is because dogs uh, actually are not so different than us. They get anxious. Dogs get scared. Um, they eat too much. And uh, they love to experience the best that life has to offer. Uh, And so over the past almost five years, Gizmo will be five in November 12th, actually, um, five years with Gizmo, I have seen three specific behaviors that have really caused me to stop and consider my own life and realize that I do the same thing. And so if you're a dog owner, hopefully this will resonate with you. If you're a cat owner, I'm not quite sure if it will because cats are so different, but I mean, just, you know, track with me. I think it'll make sense as we go along. And I've been thinking about this series for quite a while, actually, because um, I think that for each of us, we will see ourselves in Gizmo, if you will, or maybe your own pet, um, and actually give us a greater perspective in our relationship with God. And so that is, that's kind of the process that I've been going through is as I've been a fur parent, I have watched my dog do certain things that have caused me to think, oh, I, I, I do that. And the way I respond to him, I think, has given me greater insight into how, um, how maybe God looks at us and how we look at him. And so that's really where this series came from. And so this week we're starting with the first of the three kind of behaviors, and it's called Settle. Settle is this week. And so uh, when we first got Gizmo, um, and really it's never changed, um, Gizmo gets really nervous. Um, he's a very nervous dog about nearly everything. Um, it could be new people coming in the house. You may have heard him upstairs barking already because he is very protective of his space. He's a small dog. It's like 13 pounds, but, you know, thinks he's the boss. He gets really nervous about new people. Um, if we're watching TV or it's quiet in the house or anything, really anytime, and he hears a strange noise, he freaks out and gets really nervous and his little heart is beating like constantly in his chest. Um, if he's missing people, so like if one of us, particularly my wife Heather, is away for any outside normal time, so like the routine of a day, he's gotten ex- normal, but if Heather goes away or someone leaves for like a full day, he won't eat his food and he just gets like really mopey, but he gets really nervous all 
the time. Um, he gets nervous around other dogs. There are so many different scenarios where he gets really nervous. And when he's nervous uh, or hyper, he, t- he tends to bark a lot. Um, he, he'll nip at people. He'll nip at things. So like when people run at Lincoln, will run upstairs just because he's, you know, like energetic and he'll just leave and run upstairs to go upstairs. And Gizmo will a little bark and run after him as though he's going to attack him. It's, it's insane. Like not like angrily, but he's just so nervous that he barks, he nips, or he runs around like a crazy person. And as a puppy, and even now, we tried everything that we could to calm him down. Um, but nothing would work, and it would actually make him worse. And then a family member came to me and gave me a suggestion about calming him down. And he said, what you should do is pick him up and place him gently on his back, and then put your hand on his chest and just sort of whisper and say, settle, settle. And at first, Gizmo's like, just kind of like, you know, and literally those are the sounds that he was making. And I, prob- I probably didn't look, I'm not nearly as cute as Gizmo. But he would do that, but I, you kind of gently, like firmly but gently press on him while he's on his back and, and just continue to say, whisper, settle, settle. And something happened and it didn't happen in any other command that we tried. He eventually just kind of softened and he just kind of calmed down. His muscles relaxed. And then we picked him back up and put him on his feet and he was just walking around. And it was like like whatever was bothering him had shifted Um, and it worked wonders. And so I actually wanted to read... um, an entry from a blog post that I wrote like four years ago about this very topic. And I thought about just saying it, but I thought I I liked the way I I wrote it. So I'd like to read an excerpt from it about what happened next. And then we're going to continue forward here. So this is from my my, uh, blog post I wrote a couple years ago. It says, I picked Gizmo up off the floor and placed him back, him, him on his back on my lap. Then, as I put one hand on his stomach and chest while my other held his head gently but firmly, I said, settle. And at first he squirmed under my hold, but I didn't let go. I whispered in his ear, shh, settle. This went on for a few moments. It's okay, buddy, settle. Finally, Gizmo looked at me and relaxed. He just sat there for a moment in my hands, resting peacefully, understanding that he wasn't in danger. I could feel his heart rapidly beating through his chest. Then I smiled and I said, good boy, Gizmo, settle. Then I put him down on the floor and he went back to playing, but this time he was calm. And I think that we can all learn something from this experience. In a way, I believe this is how God sometimes interacts with us. So often I feel like my life is crazy and I feel like I'm out of control. I run around with my attention split in so many different directions and I wear myself out. When situations get me riled up, I inadvertently nip at other people in frustration or I chew on things that I shouldn't. Can you identify with this feeling? I believe it's in those moments that God picks us up and he holds us in his hands, desiring to calm us down and teach us to settle. But what happens when we feel his hands resting on us in the middle of our crazy-eyed fury? We usually wiggle and we squirm under the weight of what feels like pressure or loss of control. Get off me! I've got this, is how I usually feel. But what's really happening is that God is trying to get our attention and to listen to the whisper in our ear that he loves us and he's trying to calm us down. Shh, settle, he says to us. Settle, it's okay. I've got you. Listen to me. I know a better way. Settle, rest in me. And so as I've 
been a fur parent to Gizmo, this has been something that has come up over and over again in my life. Gizmo, as a dog, still gets hyper, still gets riled up, and I still use this technique of putting him on his back and resting my hand on him on his chest and just calming him down, and it always works. At first, he usually gets frustrated. Sometimes, he remembers what's happening, and he immediately rests, and it works wonders. And so, I think that this is the same thing that God is doing to us, and I think there are scripture passages that talk about this, and so that's what I want to do. I actually want to look at two passages of scripture today that talk about this idea of resting and settling when we're stressed or we're anxious, and so let's look at those and see how it might apply to us today. Um, Would you open your Bible to Psalm, Psalms 46? Um, If you have a Bible or a smartphone with a Bible app, you can download that or, um, and then just open to Psalms. That's in the Old Testament. And Psalms is a collection of poems, a collection of like journal entries, if you will, that were written um, mostly by a man named David, um, who was one, at one time the king of Israel. And he was writing these very honest and very vulnerable letters or like journal entries or even songs and poems to God and how he feels about him. And um, at this point in Psalm 46, 10, he was prophetically speaking, like he was kind of writing down what he felt like God was saying. And it's a very famous verse, right? This is very famous, but there's actually, um, I think, another translation that we're going to look at in a second that actually goes deeper. So Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know that I'm God. How many of you have ever heard this verse before? Be still and know that I'm God. Now, here's the thing. That's translated as be still most of the time. And so most of us have been taught to use it as like, just relax, just rest, you know? Um, But actually, a deeper translation, there are a few translations that try to be a little bit more literal and take into context. Um, The one that I typically read out of, which is the, uh, the Christian Standard Bible, CSB, it says, stop your fighting and know that I am God. And then it says, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. In other words, like like gizmo, right? Like on his back, stop, get off of me. I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying, I've got that. I can do this myself. And what God's really trying to do is like, stop fighting me. Settle. Like, I know what's best. I see further than you can see. Like, I know what you're going through. I'm aware of what's happening. I know what's coming around the corner. I know what's causing you fear, even though you think it's this, it's actually that. It could be any number of things. And when it says be still, it's kind of like this, okay, just like chill, right? But he's saying, stop your fighting. Like, like, like just like, trust that I am the one who's exalted among the nations. I am exalted over the earth. Like, I am bigger than everything that could ever come up trust me in my hand on your life. So that's really what Psalm 46 means. And so at first Gizmo thought it was being mean to him, right? He thought I was trying to keep him from fun or trying to like, you know, oppress him. But he soon learned that I actually had his best in mind and the best for those around us. And so that's really the essence of this passage is that God is trying to get our attention. When we feel stressed out, when we feel anxious, when we feel maybe his hand of guidance or even maybe his discipline, in our lives or choices that we've made, like a father. Think about it like a a dad or a mom who loves their kid, but when they make a choice that maybe they're heading down the wrong direction, the wrong path, 
or they get you know into trouble or maybe they're acting the wrong way whatever like sometimes a hand of discipline not necessarily like smacking but in the sense of like just like uh, like a correction or or a firm word or any number of disciplines sometimes that's what God is saying here is like I'm trying to get your attention listen to my voice so I can tell you there is a better way for you without frantic stress, without frustration. This is not talking about like, I struggle with anxiety or I struggle with depression. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we respond in moments that cause us stress? How do we respond in moments of anxiety and those types of frustration moments? Like God is trying to say to us, I have a way for you that I can give you a peace even in those circumstances. Trust that God is in control, hearing his whisper to our soul. And that's why in Psalm 23, right? So we have this other famous verse where, where David says um, that he, the Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall not want, he makes me lay down in green pastures, right? But there's this part in verse four that says this, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. We're like, that's great. But then there's this other piece that's kind of like, what does that mean? It says, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Like, what does that mean? Well, think if we think in the context of like Gizmo, right? And his hyper and his anxiety and his stress, and then the settle. And then we think about Psalm 46, 10 that says, stop your fighting. Know that I am God. I am the one in charge of all things. Like what, is, what an odd thing to say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? Well, a little context here. So we don't think of like shepherds very often, right? We're not that kind of a culture. We don't raise sheep or, you know, in like pasture lands and that. But in this time, that was extremely, that was like the most common. And actually some people say next to prostitution, the oldest um, profession in the world was, you know, sheep herding and taking care of, of, of animals. So the rod and the staff are tools for both protection and discipline, right? So, so actually one of them, the rod was a weapon, right? It's like a, like a long stick. It could be made of metal. It could be made of wood, but it was not. Um, it was designed to either ward off or fend off attacking animals. So, you know, wolves would come in and want to eat, you know, take care of the sheep or get the sheep and drag them away. Um, or even perhaps the, the shepherds, right? At night, they were just kind of sitting out under the stars. There were no electricity. It was pitch black, dark. So maybe they had a fire going. You know, wolves or animals, all sorts of things would come in. Even bandits would come in. And the rod, the rod is the weapon that would be used to fight off, right? To protect, to, um, you know, to take care of, uh, of, of sort of like the, the discipline and the force that would happen. But the staff was used for guidance. The staff was usually would have a crook like around it. So like you see like in, you know, nativity scenes, the staff, you know, they have like it's a long one and then it has like this sort of like question mark at the top. And it was kind of like that. Sometimes it wouldn't, if you found the perfect branch maybe. But the idea was is that, that if a sheep was going off in a direction, but you couldn't maybe get there quick enough or you know, as you're doing with multiple, you would kind of put it around the leg, the neck and kind of pull them back into place, right? That's the idea. Or sometimes they would push them in the butt and kind of make them go a different direction. And you know, that's the idea. So the rod was the one to protect. It was attacking. It was going before. Sometimes it was also for discipline, which is hard for us to hear, right? In our, in our modern culture, we don't think about hitting our children, you know, in those respects. It was so interesting to me going to India because I would see them beating their donkeys, 
It was very strange to me, but I understood because donkeys can be incredibly stubborn. And so um, they would not go no matter what you did. You would try to you know, coax them. You try to give them food. You try to do all sorts of things to get them to go where you want, but they wouldn't. So they would actually take a, like a stick and they would kind of bang and hit it on its back legs and then it would start moving. In a way, that's part of what the rod does with us. Like sometimes God is trying to get our attention and not that he's like hurting us violently. What he's trying to do is he's saying, hey, like wake up, right? So there is an element to that, but there's also the element of the guidance of the staff, right? So that's what David understood when he wrote this, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He understood that I'm in a better position under the hand of God telling me to settle and rest. Like I've given you guidance in the scripture. I've given you like other people to share wisdom with, you know, like I've given you my spirit that whispers in your ear when things are not right or like your soul is unsettled, right? All of that is the rod and the staff that God has for us. And at times we make poor decisions and sometimes the rod is is like helping us get back into line to understand, to shape up, to change our behaviors. David understood his position under God's protection and his discipline and his guidance and found peace in his soul. It's interesting because it doesn't say that when I am in the valley of darkness, you get me out of it. What he says is when I'm in the valley of darkness, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then it doesn't talk about leaving the valley. So you can still be in whatever it was that has triggered your stress your frustration, your fear, your doubt, like what, you know, those, those feelings of, and then like the, you know, you can see that, you're right, you know, we know when we're in those times. I know that like when I'm stressed out that like I, I pick at Heather and Heather and I kind of, we don't, we don't get along perfectly, you know, and sometimes, you know, or with my kids or short fuse, right? Or, or I make choices about, like I kind of said, I chew on things that I shouldn't, right? That's the, the dog version, but in my life, my bad habits come back when I'm, when I'm defaulting to stressful situations. Maybe I overeat or, or, you know, I'm tempted by various things or my old, you know what, I think, I don't, hopefully I'm not the only one in the room here, right? This is what it's like when we get into those circumstances. And usually the last place that I'm turning is, is looking up to God and allowing his hand to, like, I recognize, like, oftentimes I'm frustrated with God. God, why would you do that? Like, get me out of this valley. Get me out of this place. Like, that's how I would feel. But David has said, no, when I'm in that space, I recognize that God's hand is on me and he's actually trying to offer something. He's not necessarily changing the circumstances. Maybe they'll change in due time. But really what helps us in it is the peace in our soul. Be still. Stop your fighting against God's decrees in your life, his, his position in your life. And know that God is true, that he is good. And allow him to give you a peace in your soul, which is what David's talking about, that even when I'm in the valley of darkness, I have peace there. Be still and know that I'm God. Stop your fighting. Stop fighting my protection and my guidance and find peace. Settle. And so I want to finish with a couple practical observations or steps for us that we can think about. If you want to write these down, if you have notes or, um, you know, here's a couple thoughts that I have from this, these passages and what I've learned really from, from my um, relationship with my dog is, uh, number one, God's guardrails are for our protection. And so what that really means is, you know, like, like scripture, right? Growing up in the church particularly, I always 
oftentimes felt like it was a bunch of rules, like in things that I couldn't do. I wanted to have fun with my friends. I really would like to be able to do this or do that. And oh, there's that verse there, that passage of scripture there, that principle there that keeps me from doing the things that maybe seem like they're a lot of fun. And what I have really learned actually is that God's word, the Bible as a whole, when you look at the whole story, is really God writing a picture for us of what life is supposed to look like. You know, how he created us to live. And if we live according to these principles, I've actually discovered that I'm less stressed out. I'm more at peace. My life is full of, 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 of life and abundance and blessing. It doesn't mean that I don't have problems or that I don't still make mistakes and all those kinds of things. But I actually find that when I live the way that Jesus taught to live, when I love other people, when I treat my neighbor with, um, as I treat myself, you know, when I'm a generous person, when I'm a sacrificial individual, when I care about others, put others before myself, all those kinds of things, I actually find that my relationships are healthy, right? And I actually also find that I stay away from trouble and I stay out of the areas that tempt me and then I'm at peace. I don't feel guilty. Shame comes off of my life because I'm no longer, you know, dirty from the things that I hate about myself, right? All of these types of things. So all of, if you look at God's word and his word in our lives, like his whisper to us, but don't do that, do this instead. They're guardrails that keep us from getting into accidents and keep us from messing things up for ourselves and for other people. God's guidance and guardrails are for our protection. Number two, don't fight God's discipline. Um, you know, as a, as a dad, um, I have found that one way or another, like what you, what you have done will find you out. And when it finds you out, you will live with the consequences of it. And so part of as a parent and my two kids are in the room and they're like, okay, dad, this is not you talking to us. But like, I mean, maybe you guys understand this too. Like if, as you've seen, like I, I'm trying to help my kids understand you made a mistake and now I want to teach you. So like, Next time, don't fight me when I tell you this because, because you're actually better off, you know? And I've learned that in my own life. Like, stop fighting God's discipline. If, if, uh, if you find yourself over and over again facing the same situation, it's kind of something that I've learned myself, and I've seen my dog, <laughs> I've seen Gizmo go through this, you know? It's like, continues to do the same thing he knows he's not supposed to do and it continually puts him in positions where he ends up getting himself into trouble or creating a mess or getting sick or whatever and we'll talk more about that next week but the idea is is that like like I know when God is trying to say Jared this is an issue in your life I want more for you I want better for you it's like like a dad would right like I were a family member sitting down and just like like an intervention in a way like it doesn't have to be that quite that serious but this idea of like Like, can we talk about this? You know, and my reaction often is defensiveness. If a friend or a family member confronts you about something that you're going through, if you're not ready to hear about it, oftentimes you get defensive, right? You kind of start nipping and that's, that's normal. But the part, part, part of point of this message here is, is to say like, let's be like David, where David understood like enough. And David made his fair share of mistakes and ignored God and got himself into plenty of trouble. And so when he writes these, these um, psalms, you know it comes from a place of lessons learned or regret or guilt that he's trying to work through, you know. And so I want to be like David, not in the mistakes, but in the sense of like, you know what, I don't want to make the same mistakes anymore. I, I, I don't want to continue to feel the way that I do when this kind of a circumstance comes up. And I've seen that it ends up in patterns. 
I tend to get stressed about the same kinds of things. And I think we're all that way. So learn that. Like, what is God trying to say to me through it? Instead of fighting his, his direction in our lives, instead of fighting his word that's teaching us about how we should live our lives, lean into it. And I believe that we will see, like, we'll start to see fruit and our lifestyle will, will shift and change and we'll find peace there. And number three, I think for all of this to happen, we have to practice listening to the settling whisper from God. We have to practice that. Like some of you will be like, yeah, but I don't even know when God's trying to talk to me. And this is like a very nebulous thing, right? It's kind of that Zen thing on the mountain with the Kung Fu master. I always say like, just be. Like, how do I just be master, right? I mean, I get that this is like hard to, to figure out. But, but as you read scripture, you see like David talking. He's like, like I have experienced in my soul that God is in charge, like when I rest, I find peace when I lean into his, his commands and his word and his guardrails, those kinds of things. So I want to center myself. I want to quiet myself and I want to just pause and I want to listen for the voice of God just whispering, settle, settle. You know, while Gizmo was like flipping out, like his head, he's like, you know, his paws are like all up in the air. Like he's not listening to me. But then eventually, settle, just settle. Part of that was the, the pressure that I was putting on him. And God sometimes does that to us. And other times it's just the voice. And eventually, I look, like Gizmo looked into my eyes and he looked and he saw settle. And he recognized that I was not trying to hurt him. And in that moment, he relaxed and found peace. And I think that's what is really waiting for us. You know, when we're stressed out, when we're anxious, when we're hyper, when we're just kind of like running around like, like a chicken with its head cut off in our life, for whatever the reason is, that God is saying, like, just listen to me in the middle of it and I will give you peace. But we got to learn to hear his voice. And that means taking moments to try to like listen. That means maybe going to a quiet place. It maybe means turning off the, the world and the radio and putting your phone down and, you know, like just maybe going to that passage of scripture, Psalm 4610 and reading that verse of scripture and then just close your eyes and praying that God, I want to be still God. I, I want to stop fighting. I know that you're God. Just give me peace. You know, just meditate on that a little bit. And you'll begin to kind of sense that. You'll begin to like, and that's like tuning the frequency. It's like you're trying to, like, I want to find God's voice on the radio. And so you're, you keep kind of tuning. That's what we're doing. We're practicing. Hearing the voice of God is just little by little, you know. And over time, we begin to, to sense it easier. And that's what we're doing. Practice. So God's guardrails are for our protection. Don't fight God's discipline. And practice listening to the settling whisper from God. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, thank you for dogs and for the lessons that we can learn. You know, I learn as a dad. I learn as a, a pet owner. Um, I learn from so many different things. And in, um, I thank you for your words spoken to us through poetry and songs, like in the Bible from David who went through this. And so thousands of years later, we can read his words and we can see that he went through the same things that, that we do. You know, he made mistakes. He screwed up. He got anxious. He got frustrated. He got stressed out. He was afraid. All of those kinds of things. And yet he learned how to find peace, how to settle down in those moments. And so I pray that for each of us today, that we would do the same that you would uh, let this kind of, you know, superficial, somewhat silly uh, um, example, you know, but let it speak to us. It has stuck with me for years. 
um, because it's so true. And so help us to settle. God, let us recognize your hand on our life. Let us recognize your whisper in our ear to settle and to find peace in our soul. Help us to practice that. Help us to not fight you, but instead to accept your direction, your guidance, your rod and your staff. Let them comfort us. I pray that you bless our time of conversation and um, be with us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.